Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast and a special episode of the Late Night Ramble. Uh, this is our first ever fans phone-in. Well, I call it a phone-in, but we're doing it all virtually. Uh, I've got eight or nine fans with us tonight who are going to be giving their views and, and comments on all things Villa, uh, talking about the game so far, the season so far, talking about Jack, England, and talking about uh, the upcoming game against Brighton as well. Uh, and we'll be previewing that as well. So it should be an interesting one. I've no idea what questions or comments they've got, so anything could come up. Uh, so we'll wait and see. Our, my first guest is the OG of Villa Podcast himself, Mr. Matt Lynch. How are you, mate? How are you doing? Uh, it's an honour to uh, have such a reception, but yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be on. I've listened to you guys since you started, and I said from the start, you could tell it was going to be something good, so it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honour to have you on, mate. Um, um, it was well. Seems like a long time ago when since you were on the Villa View. Uh, what, what have you been up to since since then? You're you're involved. You've got your own podcast as well, a golf podcast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so essentially, with my job, we do a podcast alongside that, and we're very fortunate that we're in a good position to get some really good guests on. So currently, I'm behind the scenes on that. You don't get to hear my dulcet tones. So I do <laughs> behind the scenes for that, which is quite fun. And then. I'm involved in different sports events, so it, I'm still involved in sport very much. So, but it's just it's nice that I'm actually being paid for my services, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Rather than what's the podcast called? Uh, it's called the Filthy Lippo, um, right. and it's all it's different golfers getting interviewed each week by Sky Sports commentator John Morgan. Oh, nice, excellent. What did you uh, What did you make of the the Masters? It's amazing. Um, it's one of the best performances I think that anyone will have witnessed in sport in the last few years as a whole because you get so many years where you've got favourites going into the events, whether that's the US Open tennis, whether that is the Masters and somebody like Dustin Johnson, whatever sport it is, you've always got the favourites and very rarely, to be honest, the favourite will end up being so convincing in their performance. It, you can bring that parallel to any sport really at the moment, um, especially in the current conditions and it was a tournament like no other, but then I think a sport generally is like nothing else at the moment. And that's why you're probably getting such consistency from some of the top guys and perhaps less so from some of the other top guys who don't know how to cope with their fans. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, your point there about sport is uh, is uh, quite apparent in the Premier League this season, um, talking about sport not, you know, not, like being, not being like it is usually. Um, we've seen teams um, scoring lots of goals, uh, shock results and obviously our own Aston Villa uh, performing rather well this season. What have you made of the season so far? I think it, I, for me it's a massive surprise because I I was never one calling for Dean Smith's head at any point last season but I was all of, always of the essence that how much worse can it get and it's come as a massive surprise that it's happened but equally it doesn't surprise me because we always knew that the players last season were capable but perhaps we just didn't get the rub of the green. We always knew that certain players would click and into place. And we're just finding that bit of consistency now. People are coming of age in the right times. People like Matty Target showing a bit more bottle, perhaps, than he was last season. Uh, Ezra Cotton's obviously growing in age and experience, first year in the Premier League last year. Big price, price tag for the player he was at the time. So, for me, I think it's just a coming of age of the squad and it's all coming together rather nicely. And 
it's so far so good. And I don't know how much you can draw that to the appointment of Shakespeare as the backroom staff or the removal of Suso from the team. But things so far are ticking along nicely. And uh, yeah, nobody expected it. I, I think I'd been possibly one of the most pessimistic guys at the end of last season. So yeah, I'm chuffed to bits with how it's been so far. Uh, I mean, how, how much impact do you think the new signings have made on, on how we've improved? Uh, you know, you've talked about Shakespeare there and you've talked about maybe Sousa leaving as well. But what, do you, what have you made of the new signings coming in? And do you think they've they've been a massive part of the reason why we're we're doing so well? Oh, absolutely. I think that when you look at it, we always knew that the budget was there and the owners were willing to back the manager and the, the coach and stuff, so to speak, in terms of the signings. But we always knew that was going to take a bit of time. And perhaps it was the turning point this summer was when we signed Martinez. Because we, you'd never dreamed that you were going to sign the keeper that Arsenal played at the back end of last season for the whole campaign at the end of it and played an absolute world in the community shield. To pick him up for the price we did is a, is a snip in today's market. And it shows the ambitions of where we're going as a club that Martinez came to us and gone, yeah, this is a step up. And I know it's been taken out of context what he meant by step up, but I think that was a turning point as signings go. And then equal as well, you look at Ollie Watkins and you think, yeah, he's a big price tag, but that guy's always had to prove doubters wrong. At the age of 18, he was playing semi-pro football and mm. not really getting a penny for his efforts. And now he's what one of the most expensive players ever to come out of the championship. So it, it's all slipped together nicely with the players. And there was always the plan there. But yeah, I think it really hit with the Martinez one this summer because I thought, oh, wow, OK, yeah, we're, we're in business here. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've said before on the podcast we didn't expect uh, the second player to, well, the first two players to be in the, in the, through the door, a right back and a, and a goalkeeper, um, and we spent big money on them as well. Um, and it shows again shows you what what the backroom staff know about our team and, and they know how to improve it. You know, they've they've spent big money on those two players, Matty Cash and Martinez, and you know they've, they've obviously made a massive difference to our team. Um, you know, it's apparent through the through the results that we've seen. Uh, Martinez has obviously been uh, an excellent signing so far um, and, and really hasn't I mean what have you made of his overall performances you know I, I can't remember apart from the Fulham game where he made that mistake which was chalked off I mean I don't think he's made many mistakes or, or done anything wrong really put a foot wrong No he hasn't and considering the goals that we conceded against Leeds and Southampton realistically the Southampton ones he's conceded three worlders amongst their four goals there Three of them are just shots that you just don't save. The Danny Ings one and the two Ward-Prowse efforts, you're not saving those. So I, th- I think people had to lay off him after that because there was a few, obviously, on, on Twitter especially, where it's like, oh, Martinez made a few errors. He's just another nine or whatever. It's like, no, he's not. It, it's clear to see that that defence trusts Martinez a lot more than they ever trusted Nyland last season or Kalinic. Or, to be fair, there's a disservice to probably Heaton because Heaton was solid for us. Um, but Martinez is a level up from that. And I think it boils down to you look at that defence and you know that behind them, behind them, Martinez has got their back. And as much as you can make, say, oh, his performance has been great because he's made some good saves or whatever, I think his distribution is phenomenally good. And B, more importantly, he actually organises that defence. You actually see things at corners and you go, yeah, he's, he's made the right call there. I know, obviously, there was the goal we conceded. The other week where McGinn was marking, I can't remember which goal it was, but McGinn was marking him, whichever game that was. I think it was the first South, Southampton goal. Yeah, best of our Yeah, yeah. Um, that goal, that's just zonal marking in a nutshell. I hate zonal marking anyway. Um, so that one was a nutshell of why zonal marking doesn't always work because you end up with those situations. But that's yeah. no fault to Martinez. That's everyone around him and the coaching staff. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, th- those two games, Leeds and Southampton, obviously were, I suppose, the down points uh, uh, of the season so far. But apart from that, you know, defensively, we've been very, very solid. Uh, you know, if you look at sort of goals conceded per game uh, as a stat, uh, as just one stat, um, and, and look at, you know, sort of what we did last season and what we've done this season, you know, we con- we conceded an average 1.72 goals per game last season. And at the moment, we're conceding 1.29. And obviously, seven of those goals this season have come in two games. And apart from that, really, we've been quite resolute. I mean, you've talked about Martinez's organiza- organizational skills and how that's been important. I mean, what, before we bring in our next guest to join us, I mean, what, what else do you think is, what else do you put down to our, you know, how we've changed defensively and, and how much better we are defensively compared to last season? What, what, what other factors do you think are at play here? I think we've found a backbone. Um, I'd accuse us of being too nice last season at times. Um, I know our first sending off for last season was because of Trezeguet, one with a late tackle and one of them because it was a dive. But I don't mind seeing players getting sent off if, if they're putting their heart and soul into things and actually making effort. Stupid ones are pointless where you're squaring up somebody. But if you're actually going in for things and actually putting your body on the line, then I back it. And I think from that side of things, I think, to be honest, Matty Cash was scared, not Matty Cash, um, Matty Target was scared parts of last season. Um, I'd say that he was winced going into tackles, into 50-50s because of his prior injuries, which I totally understand, but it's not what you need in the Premier League side. But I don't think we've really yeah. seen that too much this season. Um, and it's the same on the other side. Matty Cash is a lot more solid than Gilbert. I know I love Elmo and I love Gilbert equally as well, but Neither of them are at that level of Matty Cash. And to be fair, Elmo probably was 10 years ago. Um, and I just don't think Gilbert is perhaps cut out for the Premier League like we think. Because um, I know many of us probably would say that Gilbert has been unfairly treated to a degree. But I think what we've done is we've gone a step up defensively. And the the mixture of experience that you've got with Mings and equally the athleticism that you've got across that defence makes it pretty difficult to actually break down. And yeah. equally as well, I'd put Douglas Luiz into that bracket of being a defensive player now. He's not the Rasmataz Brazilian that we saw against Bournemouth at the start of last season when he first arrived onto the scene, um, where he was a lot more forward-thinking. Now he's a lot more defensively-minded. And that makes a huge difference because he sits there and he guards it. And allowing him to sit back there allows people like Cash and Target to be more of an attacking sort of asset rather than having to think about the defensive duties first because of that solidity that we've got. So I'd actually put Luis into that bracket and make it more or less, basically, what you get is a back five when you've got somebody that can sit that deep and still control play. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, there's some really interesting points there, there, Matt. And I think Louise is a is, is a case in point. I think the improvement that we've made since lockdown ended um, and this season, I, I think especially in the last game against Arsenal, I think that's probably his best game for us so far uh, since he's been here. I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, and I watched his game against Brazil as well. And again, he was you know, playing for a really talented Brazil side. He was doing all the right things. A neat and tidy first half and then second half really imposed himself in the game so great to see uh, just before we let you go Matt uh, just wanted to uh, I was going to ask I'm going to ask every guest this question and uh, th- there's going to be a quiz on the, based on your answer so be ready for this okay, <laughs> What's, right, uh, okay. Yeah, so you're not expecting this so I'll, I'll no, surprise you no. now, now everyone so we've got all our guests are, uh, I think are listening in the background so they probably know this but There'll be there'll be there'll be a quiz based on this answer. But what was your what's your first ever game that you went to, or the first memory of a game going you going to? Uh, so got? it's um it, to be honest with you, can I swear on this podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, this yeah. is the late night ramble. Anything go, any, anything goes in the late night yeah, ramble. No, I thought I'd check. Um, it was just a shite. Is my first game is what I would say. 
Um, I went to Villa faced Blackburn in March 2004. I checked the date on it because I couldn't remember. I knew exactly the result was we lost 2-0 to Blackburn that day. And it was just a horrendous game in every shape or form. And it was just the epitome of a perfect introduction. I was in the upper Trinity looking across. And it was one of them, though, where, to be fair, I probably didn't really give a shit too much about the actual game. It was one of them where I was asking my dad and my own club what's that road behind the Hull end or what's the flag up there sort of thing. But that's my first game that I actually remember uh, going to as a kid. So it makes me probably feel old looking back to 2004, but potentially equally probably makes other people think, crikey, that's not that long ago. Right. Interesting. Yeah, no, I remember that game. Um, a, a season where we were pretty inconsistent, I remember, uh, under O'Leary. Um, not the most, not the, not the best of times. Obviously, you, you missed out on the the nineties where we were fairly successful and, and fairly good in, in the Premier League. Um, but qu- a question for you. Um, yeah. So, so that game, Aston Villa Blackburn. Yeah. Um, can you name the two players who played up front for us that game? I, to be fair, that bit's quite easy. I'd say <laughs> it's got to be Juan Pablo Angel as one. And yeah. the second one, it would be Darius Vassell. Um, I'll huh. always remember my next game I went to, was the first game of the new season when I saw Colton Cole scoring his debut. And back then, obviously, as a kid, I was thinking, oh, Colton Cole is going to be the dog's bollocks for us. I guess, well, I guess Southampton. We all know that one, <laughs> yeah, know that one phase there. After. That, was, that, that was the uh, the first year of the Premiership, wasn't it, on uh, ITV? Uh, oh, was it? With the Townsend Tactics truck. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Showing your age a bit there. I know, mate. I know. They used to have a used to have a bit on that program where uh, they'd go to Andy Townsend and he'd be in a truck and he'd talk through the game. <laughs> it was called the Townsend Tactics Truck. But, yeah. Good to see hasn't caught on that one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. It was only on there for a year, I think. But yeah, thanks for that. Uh, good, uh, easy, easy question for you. It's going to get harder. I promise you, guess. Uh, but thanks for your time, Matt. I'll let, I'll let you go now. But really uh, great to have you on, and uh, hopefully, on have you on for a bit longer next time. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Uh, and for our next guest, we have uh, another Villa Villa podcast, a very special podcast of that. It's uh, We've got Chris from the Villa Together podcast, uh, a podcast that's been going uh, since the start of the season, I think. Uh, I, I was on, a, I was on a, a guest there last week and they've done some really interesting, uh, interesting interviews and, and podcasts as well. We did the Aston Villa All-Time Premier League 11 uh, last week, I think it was. They've also had some really special guests. They had... Uh, Simon Grayson, they've had Sean Teal, uh, they had uh, Yannick Velassi as well, which was a really great interview, really enjoyed that. Chris, welcome to the Villa Talks podcast, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on, uh, you okay mate? Yeah, good mate, all good mate, all good, enjoying uh, enjoying the week so far, looking forward to the game on, on Saturday. Uh, how's the international break been for you? Um, I think the only kind of silver lining, so to speak, is probably that We've seen quite a bit of Jack this time round, haven't we? Where, in all fairness, the the last international break, he what he, he played um, one game and then was rested the next two. Um, so I mean, th- this time he's he started all three, hasn't he? So uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see him. You always want to see um, your your players, don't you, during the international break? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's over and. I'm looking forward to a Saturday 3 p.m. game as well, which is, <laughs> I think it's our first for 287 days or something. 
yeah, it's a bit of a novelty, isn't it? I'm not yeah. not used to it. Not used to it. I, I do miss the three PM kickoffs, but it's been a bit of a weird one with the uh, with the lockdown. Obviously, we've been having all all manner of kickoff times. Uh, Sunday evenings have seemed to suit us this season, haven't they? Yeah. So Sunday we we tend we tend to turn up, don't we? And we, we uh, yeah. show our style and, and and put on a good performance. So um, I'm hoping that 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 we'll kind of do the same at three o'clock because, as you say, we, we haven't done it for a while. So. You know, it'd be nice, nice to see another good performance. Hopefully, anyway. What What's your expectations of the game on Saturday? How do you think it'll How do you think it'll pan out? And And would you think? Well, you made a Brighton start so far this season. Do you know what? I I was surprised at when I was looking at the table last week, um, where Brighton are, because whenever I've seen them this season, they've they've played pretty good football. Um, you know, good attacking, forward thinking play. Um, they, they tend to play. Five at the back, uh, Tariq Lamptey gets forward. Um, they've, they've got some good technicians in the team. So to see them, I, I think, on five or six points just outside the bottom of three was a, was a bit of a surprise. Mm. Um, so it's a tough one to gauge. I think if I'm basing it on what I've seen of Brighton, I think it's going to be a difficult game. But when you look at kind of how their games have gone and in terms of their their points tally so far, realistically, we should be winning the game. Um, and I think when you look at, you know, last season to this season, this season, it's it's about progression from last season, which was, you know, finishing 17th, staying up, which is what we needed to do. So looking at progression, and I think these are the kind of games, especially at home, that, that we should be winning and we need to be winning, really. Um so I'm kind of quietly confident, um, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I mean, you're definitely a game you'd expect us to win. But then again, I, I'd said that about the Leeds game um, <laughs> yeah. and the Southampton game. But I, I think, you know, the Leeds game was a, was a sort of one-off and Leeds can do that to anyone. Interesting points you made around Brighton. And uh, I was reading an interesting article uh, about Brighton, about whether they were unlucky or just playing badly. And I mean, if you if you take, in, if you t- if you take any note of XG stats, and I know they're... Uh, you know, so they're sort of a bit, bit like Marmite. Some people love them, some people hate them. I, I sort of, I see the value in them in the right context. Um, but but it does explain a little bit about Brighton's start to the season. And they, they seem to have done fairly well in terms of creating chances. And even at the back, you know, they've, their uh, XG against is 7.25 goals, which is the lowest in the league. So it shows you how resolute they've been in defence. But it seems like it's just not quite clicking for them. And uh, one, one reason for that potentially going forward has been Mopai, uh, Neil Mopai. Uh, and sort of the falling out there. What have you? What have you made of that? And uh, I mean, do you expect him to start against against us on Saturday? Um, I think he will start. To be honest, um, <clears throat> when when I when I heard that story about his attitude, I, not that I know the bloke, but it kind of didn't surprise me. I think from I suppose when you look back at when we played against Brentford in the Championship, he came across as a bit of a I suppose a bit of a hothead. Um, yeah. you know, a bit of a whatever word you want to use. It didn't seem like the nicest kind of bloke around, so it did. It didn't. It didn't surprise me when I when I heard about the attitude problems. Um, I expect him to start, um, and probably with Danny Welbeck as well, to be honest. Um, so so I think I think they've kind of they had that issue. They've swept it under under the carpet, and he's going to kind of effectively carry on as normal. Obviously, this uh, this game last year um, was 
it was quite an interesting game. We, we we sort of we won it late on with Matty Target scoring right at the end of the the game. But it was a interesting game how it panned out in terms of in terms of how Brighton played. They seemed to be definitely the ascendancy and the better team for most of that game. And even with ten men, they were still creating chances. Um, quite a team known for what under Graham Potter now known for their passing style and how they how they play through the back. How do you think we'll set up against them? And and do you think that kind of team suits us in terms of our counter attacking style? I think so, yeah. I think, especially when you look at last season, I mean, in all fairness, this season, um, we haven't really played a, um, a lot of games that you kind of expect us to win. I know you mentioned the, the Leeds game, the Southampton game, and I was, you know, same as you, I did expect us to win those games, but, you know, kind of a banker, so to speak. We've not had a banker all season, I don't think, even when you look at. Sheffield United at the start of the season, obviously the way they were last season, not just that, the way we've been against Sheffield United the last few seasons, we, we haven't particularly got anything no. out of them. Um, so I think it will kind of play into our hands really. And, and what I think has been good about this season is that tactically we've been a bit more astute and, and a bit more flexible. Um, you look at especially the first four wins of the season Um and we did against Arsenal as well. I think every win we've had, we've kind of had a very different approach to the game. And we we seem to have been almost very intricate in terms of approaching the game about how uh, how the opposition plays. Obviously, you look at the you know the Fulham game, the way we, we allowed them to have possession and, and, and effectively we, we hit them on the counter, didn't we, for the goals, um, yeah. allow them to have the ball a lot. And I think... The way, like you say, the way Brighton play with having a lot of possession, I think that that could play into our our hands. To be honest, um, especially the way that that Ollie Watkins, um, you know, has has been playing this season. Obviously, you know, Jack and and, and Ross Barkley around him, so it, it, it's kind of good to be able to have that um, in a locker. And I think now that Jack Grealish has got players around him, mm. there's no over reliance. So I think when we do go forward in terms of having that. I suppose counter-attacking play. There's not just one person we're relying on. There's a few of us. So, so I think it, you know it should realistically play into our hands. Um, but you know we'll have to see how it kind of pans out. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And uh, at this point, I'd like to bring in our, our next guest. So stay with us, Chris. Cause I'll come back to you in a second yeah. uh, on this as well. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Sam with us, a part of the VBB football crew. Unfortunately, he couldn't uh, join us last time out on the on the late night ramble uh, as he was in hospital with his newborn son. Uh, Sam, how are you doing, mate? Um, nice to have you on and Hi, congratulations. Oh, thanks a lot, Omar. No, it's uh, it's uh, good to be a, a dad again, but um, it's also great to be on your podcast. Um, I've enjoyed listening to it over the uh, past few weeks. You're, you're doing a grand job. Cheers, mate. Cheers. A year of high speed then, isn't it? First, uh, first a newborn and then coming on the Villa Talks podcast. This is it, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 you know. Absolutely unbelievable highs. <laughs> Chris has just mentioned there about, uh, you know, we're talking about the Brighton game and, and their style and talking about a counter-attacking style that, that's served us well this season. Um, to, and talking about the players around Jack. I mean, last year, counter-attacking wise, we weren't that great. Uh, we didn't seem to have that much pace in the team. But this year, obviously, that's been a, a bit of a change. Uh, what's been your What's been your thoughts in terms of how we've played the season and, and, and also the players around Jack as well, players like Barkley and Watkins? What, what do you think they've added to our team this season? I think, you know, it's no secret that, you know, we've added a, a bit of guile to the team in the form of Barkley. I mean, when you look back at last season and you think about, you know, points that we you know could put in the column of, you know, we should have got those points. 
You'd look at, you'd, you'd probably look at 10 men West Ham, yeah? yeah. Um, you'd probably look at 10 men Arsenal uh, and you'd think, you know, why in those games did we have obviously plenty of territory, but we never really looked like breaking them down? And I think that was because, you know, you're playing against 10 men. Um, you've got Jack, who's obviously the creative spark, but if you've got an organised, uh, you know, an organised defensive unit and they're just basically keeping an eye on Jack, if they can keep him quiet, Villa probably aren't going to break them down. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we were failing to win games that we ought to have won. But this season, I think we've added that bit of guile, that bit of penetration. Uh, we've got a bit more pace to get behind teams. Um, and, you know, we've got, we seem to have a genuine goal threat in the in the form of Ollie Watkins, uh, certainly more of a goal threat than than Wesley and then and then Samata were last season. So I think that you know whether teams want to try and attack us or whether teams want to sit back, we've still got a decent you know a really good chance of of winning the game provided our our players turn up. Whereas last year, I think that we were perhaps a little bit too easy to play against uh, at times. So yeah, I think adding that adding that little bit of craft, that little bit of uh, you know ingenuity, and also perhaps a bit more pace from midfield to to get beyond Watkins, it's given us a few different ways to play, different ways to create a goal, um, and I think that's that's obviously stood us in good stead in terms of the amount of chances we've been creating, and you know often uh, you, you know this season you've watched us score three, you know seven, and thought. Blimey, we could have scored a lot more goals there. Uh, I certainly don't remember that being the case on on many occasions last season. So it's it's quite transformative, and I, you know I think we've been excellent. Chris, Sam's the, Sam was talking there about uh, you know the different ways we're scoring goals and how creative we are, and the, you know, the likes of Barkley and, and Watkins and what they've added to the team. What have you made of Ollie Watkins in particular? Obviously, he's uh, he had a couple of games where he was pretty tough for him against Southampton and Leeds, but he seems to have uh, found that spark against Arsenal again. What would have been what have you made of his performances? I think with strikers, um, if it if it's not unless you know, apart from the top top strikers, for for the majority of strikers, if your team isn't quite on the ball and isn't playing great, which which we weren't against Leeds and Southampton, then strikers struggle to get into the game because obviously the players, you know, behind them aren't kind of producing the goods, so to speak. But most of the games, I, th- I think he's been brilliant. And one thing I noticed last season watching him was. Even when they weren't, Brentford weren't particularly on the front foot, which in all fairness was most games, even when they weren't, his hold-up play was really, really good. And I think that's one thing which has surprised me this season in terms of, I say it hasn't, hasn't really surprised because I noticed it last season, but I think a lot of people may have been surprised by that because I think he's more of a player that, that people would have expected to play, you know, off the shoulder, you know, against the last man, using his pace to get in behind. But... He has dropped deep at times. He has shown his hold up play and his strength. And I think in all fairness, that's what we kind of wanted to see more of with Wesley last season. Because um, you go back to Tammy Abraham uh, when we got promoted, using a player like that to get the ball up to, to then work off, helps our players. And in particular, Jack Grealish, you know, Barkley will love playing off a player like that. But also it's good to have a player in Ollie Watkins who can come short and also getting behind, and and the way he took his goals against Arsenal was fantastic. I think, in all fairness, you look at his goals that he scored. Um, you know, obviously he got the penalty against Southampton, but you look at the three against Liverpool, the two against Arsenal. He's took them all really, really well. 
Um, and they, they, they were, they've all been very, very good goals. So it's nice to see a player that, that kind of seems very well all-rounded. Uh, and I think he's just he's just going to go from strength to strength, to be honest. Yeah, no, really good point. And yeah, like you said, scoring lots of different goals and, uh, and you know, has got that pace, has got that ability on the ball, the hold up play as well. And, and he's not a big lad, really, is he? But he's, he's shown already against the likes of Van Dijk and Gabriel. And Gabriel, who's been probably before last game, the, you know, the, the best defender in the league, probably showed you what he's about and, you know, bossed them really, uh, which is fantastic to see. Chris, just before we let you go, um, just uh, be, be good to hear a bit more about your podcast and uh, what it's about and also where, where the listeners can, can find you on, on the podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Yeah, so um, so everyone listening, as, as Omar mentioned at the start, um, my podcast is the Villa Together podcast. I think we started in July or August. So as you said, it was it was start of the season. Um, I think the first few podcasts were pre-season. Uh, you can find us on, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, other other platforms as well. Um, essentially, the, the main kind of things we do is, is post-match. So we, we've got a, a full 90 podcast that, that me and the other guys do. Um, we try and get opposition fans on as well to give a bit of a, a kind of um, other other side uh, opinion on the game. Try and get a neutral view on as well. Um, and as Omar mentioned as well, we, we've had some some special guests on. Um, I think the idea behind that mainly has been obviously it's, it's great as a Villa fan speaking to these guys that are either celebrity Villa fans or ex players or ex managers. And um, also, it's kind of the idea behind that is to, to give the fans something, uh, you know, something in terms of, you know, they can hear a bit about a player that they saw play or a manager or, or just find out a bit more about these guys that, that they might not know about. And, and sometimes it gives these players an opportunity to, to with like with Yannick Balassi, just to to kind of, um, you know, give give their, get their, their point across, like when Yannick Balassi mentioned about why he cut his loan spell short. So things like that. But yeah, um, and obviously, as as Omar mentioned at the start, we do get other podcasts involved. So there was, I think there was ten of us, wasn't there? Um, yeah. Last week, uh, and yeah. we did. Um, it was it was called the debate. So so we've done three episodes. Uh, we did one last week, which was called the debate episode two. Debated all time Premier League eleven, uh, which was a good crack. Uh, did one two nights ago with fans from other clubs where we debated an all-time Premier League eleven, uh, which again, it's, it's a good crack. So it's, it's nice to kind of branch out and, and meet meet different personalities and different people. Um, and obviously that's how I've met Omar, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, which is, which has been good. Um, you know, it's, it's good to get involved with people, isn't it really? I think as, as we've spoken before, haven't we, the, the main reason we, we kind of start these things is because we love talking about Aston Villa because uh, you know first and foremost we're fans ourselves aren't we you know we we want to get involved and and talk about the club um so you know we, we talk we talk amongst ourselves obviously when they like like we have done tonight and like we did even not when other podcasts get together um it's just you know it's, it's for the love of the club isn't it and the love of football so yeah. Yeah. it's all great all fun and games great thanks chris that's that's great yeah and uh you know, another another podcast part of the Villa podcast family. There seems to be a lot out there, quite a crowded market. But you know, I definitely recommend listening to the Villa Together podcast. The Yannick Balassi interview for me was fantastic, and I think you've got David Reed from Sky Sports coming up as well. Is, is that right? Yeah. So I spoke to David Reed um, from Sky Sports, and that one will be dropping in the morning. Um, so that's that's a good one. David Reed is a fantastic bloke. Um, he's obviously a Aston Villa fan. Uh, really nice, down to earth guy, um, and also he's. You know, it's, f- there's a lot of people out there um, who, some people on on different podcasts who I think have got like um, a bit of a, 
a journalism background or they're hoping to get into things. So it's it's nice to hear from, from David Reed about how he got into the industry and, and what kind of gave him his break. So that's quite good. Um, so yes, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Perfect. Now, I look forward to that. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate Really appreciate you having you on, mate. Nice one. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, it's been a good crack. Enjoyed it. Thank you, mate. C- catch you soon. Yeah, will do. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Sam, uh, going back to you, mate. Um, so looking forward to looking ahead of the of the game on, on Saturday. We've obviously talked about how Villa have played this season and, and potentially how we might line up against Brighton. How do you think the game will go and uh, what's, your, what's your prediction? Yeah, I mean... I think I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, I've watched Brighton a couple of times this season. I've been so impressed with uh, you know the, how well they press the ball, um, their willingness to to move the ball quickly, um, and some of their passing patterns are, are really uh, you know easy on the eye. So I think you know it should be a great game for the neutral because you're going to have two teams that want to play football uh, and two teams that have got goals in them. Um, my concern, I suppose, is that um, you know this is a game that we we expect to win. Uh, will the players be as up for it? Um, and, you know, actually, if we start going looking for it and trying to force it a bit more, um, will we leave uh, gaps in behind that will get exploited in the way that they did uh, against Leeds and against Southampton? I also worry a little bit about that uh, zonal marking on corners with uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> Dan Byrne, all six foot six of him, being marked by John yeah, McGinn. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope that, they, that they're not working on that in training. John, John. You pick up Dan Byrne. I hope that isn't happening. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a tough game, you know, because they, as well as um, you know, as well as the fact that they have played well, they've played what they've you know they've done well, but they've not picked up a result, and you know they have to pick up a result at some point because you know good sides eventually start to pick up points, and we've just got to really hope that we're on it. And they don't start turning their season around, you know, against us. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, it's a good point you made around the, their centre-backs. Obviously, they scored their goal against us. Uh, Webster scored at the back post uh, after a disputed free kick. So they're obviously very good in, in set pieces and they've got that height there at the back. Webster, again, I think, you know, player that we were linked with under, sorry, under previous, in the previous year, uh, in last summer window. And, and and a player who I think is, is a very good player and, and definitely... Uh, has the potential to progress and do really well in the Premier League and, and maybe move to a, to a bigger team. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. Uh, and Sam, just before I let you go, I'll bring in our next guest and uh, then I'll come back to you. Uh, our next guest, uh, I'd like to welcome Den. Den, how are you doing, mate? Good to uh, good to have you on. Yeah, it's really good to be here. Cheers for inviting me on. That's great. How's, uh, how's lockdown been for you? It's been uh, a little crazy because I suffer from severe asthma, so I tend to be uh, stuck in my flat for a lot of the time, um, trying to find ways to keep myself occupied, which is um, always good. You've got a, you've got a podcast of your own to occupy your time, haven't you? Uh, yeah, just start it up. Um, it's all about technology, really, and talking about the the good things and the bad things uh, that come with technology. Um, so yeah, it's called Talking Tech Podcast. There's only one episode at the moment, but I've got another one that I'm recording tomorrow. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. It's just giving people the chance to talk about the things that they think are good and bad about technology. Nice. Sounds very interesting. Talking about technology, uh, VAR um, has been a <laughs> hot topic again this season, um, especially when it comes to handballs and, and offsides. Um, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's been your thoughts on, on VAR and the implementation of that over the last couple of seasons? Well, of course there were numerous times last season when it, when it impacted us, you know, thinking back to the games such as like, um, against Arsenal, Crystal Palace, 
Um, I don't think we've um, had so much of it going against us this season. Um, I don't think it's been implemented as well as it has been when we've seen it in things like World Cups, etc. Um, and it, but it, you know, it's weird because um, it's we've gone from having the talking points about whether whether there was a handball or not a handball to whether v- um, VAR is working. So it's just sort of changed the way we we sort of like have those debates now, isn't it, with our friends, etc. You know, it's it's gone from yeah. from one thing to another. Yeah, no, definitely, and uh, you know, it was even even this this game last season. You know, we had the Conor Harahan's goal, which was disallowed for that. You know, I mean, and again, it was a pretty subjective decision, to be honest. You know, that's not what I don't think that's not what VAR is there for uh, when they judged you know Wesley to have fouled the keeper. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Hopefully, we won't there won't be much use for for VAR on, on Saturday. Um, then I'll just go back to Sam quickly, Sam. But just before you go, mate. Um, I just uh, wanted to hear from you about your your first ever Villa game as well. It'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, it was uh, it was nineteen ninety November, uh, and uh, it was a three two win against Middlesbrough in the League Cup. Uh, so yeah, it was Villa Park under the floodlights. I think it was a crowd of about I don't know under just under twenty thousand. I think. Uh, obviously, we're going back thirty years now, and um, my memories of it are a bit patchy. But what I do remember is um, that we looked brilliant. You know, we had Tony Daly uh, at the top of his game. We had David Platt at the top of his game. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ian Ormondroyd, he could play a little bit, you know, good touch for a big man and all that. <laughs> now, I remember we totally, uh, you know, we looked great going forward. We let in a couple of uh, scrappy goals. But the real memory I have that day is we were in the front row of the, of the Trinity and the uh, ball went out for a throw, but it, it landed in my lap. And I threw it to David Platt. I said, "There you go, Platty," and he winked at me and then threw the ball in. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that's my abiding memory of uh, David Platt at Aston Villa. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was that was the first of uh, the first of many. Although I think I didn't go again probably for about another year and a half. But uh, definitely on that night under the lights, yeah, definitely got the bug. Um, just had to wait till I was a bit older to be able to go on my own, really. Yeah, no, uh, well, it was a pretty good time to be a Villa fan around then, wasn't it? We had Graham Taylor, obviously. We uh, Was that the season we finished second or was that the season after? The season after we finished second, isn't that right? Yeah, it was the season after, but, um, you know, we were... The, the season when we finished second, um, that was the year I first became a Villa fan. I remember I watched us beat Everton 6-2 on the TV and uh, all my family are Man United fans, but... I thought there was something a little bit odd about, you know, professing to be such ardent fans and, you know, not being able to find Manchester on a map of the UK. And I, I always <laughs> thought that was a bit weird. So I uh, I decided to go with something a bit more local. And uh, the results have been mixed so far. But, uh, you know, 30 years on, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it all. So do, do you remember who scored for Villa in, the, in, in that day? Can you, can you remember uh, that far back? I do. I think I remember Ormond, Droy, Daly and Platt scored. I think. Or maybe not Daly. De- definitely Platt got the winner anyway. Correct. Yeah, David Platt did get the winner. Uh, well done. Well yeah, done. I'm not sure if it was Ormondroyd and Daly though. Definitely. Uh, was that right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Platt. Platt got, I can see. I can key. see Platt. That's I can see Platt got the winner. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at a match report yeah. now. So, well done, mate. Good. Good knowledge, mate. Good memory. <laughs> Ple- pleasure to uh, pleasure to have you on, mate. It was uh, great to have you on. No. Thanks for your time. No. Thanks for inviting me. All the best with the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, and uh, good luck with the newborn. Hope you get some sleep this week. Thanks. All right, mate. Take care. Thanks. Dan, going back to you, mate. um, So, I mean, obviously we're looking ahead to the Brighton game, but um, what what have you made so far of of our season so far and and the way that we've played? I mean, obviously for many, it's been a surprise and a bit of a shock of how high we up the table. And I mean, how high do you think we can go this season? 
it's it's a difficult one because I I feel really positive about this season. I think what has happened, you know, obviously we've brought in some incredible signings. Uh, I'll go back to what Matt Lynch was saying about Martinez and and how that is a sign of you know maybe things to come. But I think the most important thing um, for us is the fact that maybe the players that we had there already now feel like Premier League players. Uh, they're not coming in thinking that you know uh, you know at, at the back end of the season before that when we got promoted it was you know a, a 10 game streak that got us there then the playoff final um and then straight into another season you know i think maybe the players perhaps didn't have the confidence in themselves that they were actually premier league players and i think what we've seen recently is is there's a lot more confidence that's going through the squad and i think the new signings have obviously added to that as well um, so as to where we can end up, I mean, I think I'd like to look at who we could potentially bring in in January just to just to give us some, you know, some extra numbers because there's a lot of games constantly coming and, you know, whether we should have international breaks during during this time is probably another um, thing that we need to discuss. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we could easily break top 10. A lot of people are saying that we could get Europe. That would be nice. But as long as I think we see progression this year, then I think there's a lot to look forward to following that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people have uh, uh, sort of uh, set the expectations at a much higher level now, uh, considering how we played. Um, I mean, obviously, we've we've talked about this before in the podcast, and, and you know, I know you've been listening to to some of our previous podcasts. Uh, we've been talking about how we've got a good thirteen, fourteen core squad of players that are good enough for us to get top ten. Uh, beyond that, there's there's a little bit of a doubt. Uh, I mean, what what areas are you con- slightly concerned about, uh, and what areas do you think you would look to maybe improve in the in the January window? I think I, I like Target. I think he's come on leaps and bounds this season, but I do worry about if something happens to him bringing Taylor in down the left. So I'd like to look to see whether there's an option that we could bring in that that could uh, be a better option on on the bench just in case that happens. Um, I think we're getting very close to having uh, you know a, a first eleven that is is you know a, a really top team on paper. Um, I would like to maybe look at bringing in, in some more pacey wingers, um, some some players that Jack can send off down the left or right or Barkley can send off down the left or right. Um, some players that would give us a chance to change formation as well. So we don't, we're not just um, playing this sort of 4-3-3 variation that we tend to stick with. Um, players that can come in and maybe give us a chance to play Jack and someone else but behind the striker. Um, you know, that gives Ollie the chance to move out wide. Um, midfield runners into the box with that, that could be Barkley. Um, so yeah, I just like to see us bring in players that give us alternatives to the sort of formation that we play. I don't think we've got quite enough to to give us that at the moment. Maybe even the chance to play with with wing backs and you know just look at the opposition and go you know go into those games thinking that we can change the the formation without it affecting different players. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, you know we're we're, uh, we're definitely in a building phase, aren't we? Um, uh, this season, this is probably what year two of probably four or five years where we're going to try and build this squad up to be a top, you know, a, a consistent top 10, top eight side. Um, so it's going to take time. Uh, and, and a bit like the, the promotion season, you know, we're sort of ex- exceeding expectations this season. And, uh, you know, that may, and in some instances, you know, fans may 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 see anything under uh, sort of top 10 as a, as a bit of a failure. But I think it's one of those seasons, you know, it's a weird season with, with uh, lockdown and what's happened. This season and you know, fans are not being at games anything can happen and games you've seen that with the games and the results so you know for now i think the the, the most important thing is we try and push on and, and especially these next six games uh, are quite quite important to that we've got a, a good chance to get a run going and try and keep ourselves high up the table 
Uh, and I'll be interested to hear our next guest thoughts. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, bring in now. And Dan, stay with us for a second. I'll come back to you in a yeah. second. Uh, I'd like to bring in uh, uh, a long-time listener and friend of the, the Villa Talks podcast. We've got uh, JT with us t- tonight. JT, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Nice to have you on finally. We've been uh, talking about this for a, for a few weeks now, haven't we? Oh, I can't. Yeah, I'm really excited to be on, to be honest. <laughs> it's just... Uh... I know we've locked that out. I mean, everyone's got a bit of spare time at the moment. So, yeah, just really glad to be on. And uh, obviously international football hasn't helped. Uh, we've been we've been craving for club football to to, to come back. Um, what's been your What's been your thoughts on the season so far? It's been one that I've really enjoyed, apart from a couple of days, you know, like Southampton, where, you know, even though we did make a kind of a late rally, um, I've really enjoyed it, honestly. Like some of the, the games, like the Liverpool game, I think that's everyone's, every Villa's fans highlight at the moment. Um, the game against Arsenal, again, another brilliant game for us. So uh, it's just, just a big surprise, I think. I think that's that's what. It's you, you live down down south, so you probably come across quite a few Arsenal fans, right? Everywhere around me, honestly, <laughs> I've got loads of friends that are Arsenal fans. Sorry, loads of friends that are Arsenal fans as well. Um, I've got plenty of friends that are Liverpool fans as well. So just those two games, I just I was able to, after like you know re- receiving a lot of stick over the last like decade or so, <laughs> I've managed to give some back to them. What What, what do you think has been the has been the sort of the main ingredient for the reason why we've improved so much compared to last season? I think I think initially the experience from last season. Um, I think it brought the team together over uh, over the summer uh, pre season. I think you know there was a. You know, Smith took him on a few uh, team building exercises. I think that's that's really helped. That whole one year of struggling in the Premier League, I think they're just a year off better for it. Um, I think Craig Shakespeare, I think, is a, is actually a really underrated signing for us for our back team. I think he's been he's been very good for the team, um, and I think we just made some really good good signings in the summertime. You know, we've got Matty Cash in, brought in Martinez. Um, I know Triore is still finding his feet, but I think in time he'll prove to be a very good player for us as well. Who's who's been your who's been your favourite player so far this season? Don't say Jack because everyone says Jack. <laughs> everyone says Jack. Yeah, um, it's got to be. I think it's, it's a toss up between Barkley and Douglas Louise. But saying that, even Trez Trezeguet, I think he's been phenomenal on that right hand side. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think they them three have just been just been brilliant. But if I was to say my favourite, it'd probably be Ollie Watkins. Um, when he signed, I think I watched quite a few Brentford games last year and the, and the season before as well. And I knew what he was about, but it was about can he make that transition into the Premier League? Um, and he has. I just think he's phenomenal. I think he's deceptively quick. He's, he's deceptive strength as well. I mean, some of the way the ways he was handling uh, the Liverpool defence, the Arsenal defence, my word, they couldn't get near him sometimes. So yeah, for me, yeah, Ollie Watkins, without a doubt. Ollie Watkins, yeah, no, he's been he's been fantastic. Um, another player that we've signed, Matty Cash, uh, who you haven't mentioned there. You mentioned him just at the beginning of what you were talking about there. Den, what have you made of of Matty Cash? And uh, were you surprised at his signing given uh, given Gilbert's role last season? Yeah, I, I, you know, you see us link with another right back, don't you? And you think to yourself, oh God, not another one. But it's turned out to be the right decision. You know, his ability to. You know he's 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 becoming better at getting forward. I think that's something that he's going to to excel at as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, uh, his um, blocking and tackling and stopping the ball um, as a right back is is absolutely fantastic, and it it really helps us, especially having Trez in front of him as well, who's another player that I think we should mention as having an absolute brilliant season so far. You know, I think they work really well together down the right. 
Yeah, yeah, no, Trez, I mean, uh, you know, JT just mentioned Douglas Louise as well. And I think Louise and Trez are two examples of, of uh, why patience is needed, with, especially with foreign signings. Um, absolutely, you know, absolutely. The improvement they've made, uh, JT, you know, has been it's been massive, hasn't it? It's really, I mean, Trez really at times last season, you know, he looked a bit lost to me. Um, he looked like he was, yeah. he was trying to do all the right things and he still worked hard and, you know, he was, he was good defensively, but he just seems much more confident and fitter and stronger this season, do you think? Oh, I think so, absolutely. But it's just, I think it's a real, real confidence thing with Trez. I think he's such a hard worker, a tireless worker for the team. And he very rarely gives, you know, his opposing fullback any time on the ball. He's chasing down lost causes. He might give away a silly foul every now and then. But I think, as you know, in my last season, uh, Louise and Trez, they were getting, you know, a lot of stick for, from some fans uh last season and um but you could see that the quality was there it was they were just finding their feet you know they're coming into a brand new country uh i know trez speaks english i know louise is learning um but yeah they were just finding their feet last season and this season wow we are really reaping the rewards um trez oh just tireless it's just tireless they're always helping his fullback always cutting in you know just just chasing the ball down yeah. and louise is just up to class i think you know we spoke about uh, Louise um, a lot last season and this season, Omar, personally, and I think he's just been out in class. Yeah. I'm just worried about the buyback clause. Yeah, let's not, let's not talk about that. I don't want to be too negative. <laughs> I'm worried about yeah, it. Yeah, let's just enjoy it. Yeah, let's enjoy it while he's Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, some people have said it's a glorified loan, but then they've been praising Barclays signing, yeah. so I don't really understand that one. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, Louise is a signing in the day that, you know, we had to have this buyback to get him, that calibre of player. And, and you've seen Absolutely. the quality he's got. And, you know, yes, he might go, but then, you know, we'll get a good fee for him, um, at least. So, you know, we'll it's see. A, it's a win-win. I mean, yeah. it's a win-win. We get to see a great player develop and he's developing for us. He's helping us up the league. And uh, Man City seem to, though, you know, they'll have a player ready for when Fernandinho seems to retire. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Den, just before I, I let you go, mate, uh, thanks for your time, firstly. And uh, it's been great having you on. Uh, you. Really appreciate your time. Um, what, what's your what's your final prediction for the for the game on Saturday? How do you think it'll go? Oh, yeah, I'm really struggling with it because I think we will win. I think the way Brighton set up really benefits us. So I think uh, potentially a 3-1 win, but I'm also worried about the tiredness of some of the players that have been away. We've had a number of players that have gone away and we're playing up until Wednesday, Thursday of, the, of this week. So um, that's the only thing that concerns me. But I'm going to say a 3-1 win and see how that turns out. Good. Well, we'll see. Let's hope you're right. Um, it'd be great to... Get get the uh, get back after the international break with a win. So, but thanks for your time, Dan. It's been an absolute pleasure to to have you on, and hopefully have you on back again uh, sometime soon. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Uh, I'd like to bring in our next guest now. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Jess. How are you doing, Jess? Uh, great to uh, great to have you on. Uh, you're doing well. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Omar. We've been talking again uh, quite a few weeks about getting you on at some point, and it's uh, it's great to finally have you on. Um, Thanks. How's how's uh, how's the international break been for you? Uh, I think most of us find it pretty boring, really. Don't yeah. we? Let's, let's let's be perfectly honest about it. But I didn't actually watch um, the Iceland game. Uh, give that one a miss. But I mean, we've got to be pleased with Jack's performance. Just just for him on a personal level, really, because I mean, on a selfish note, none of us want to pay, see him play too many minutes. But I know how much it means to him on a personal level, so it's really nice to see that he's getting the minutes for and getting the starts as well in, in competitive games, but also getting the praise that we all know he thoroughly deserves. 
yeah no definitely um it's uh, it's great to see and uh you know i mean talking to jack you know we haven't mentioned him yet uh, which is weird for an aston villa podcast uh, we haven't really <laughs> talked about him much but i i mean we, we, we've uh, i think a lot of fans have seen what we all see in him um and even then i think you know apart from the belgian game where i thought it was fantastic even then i think the other two games he was probably five six out of ten for him for his standards yeah, yeah um, absolutely shows, shows you the level he's playing at i mean how how far do you think he can go in the England team, but also with this Villa team uh, and himself as an individual, how far do you think you can go as a player? I think the impressive thing about Jack as an individual is every time that he gets questioned by somebody, whether that's Southgate or the fan base or his managers, whatever, he seems to just, he, he, he just goes up that next level every time it's asked of him. Um, he takes it upon himself to just keep working harder and harder and when you look at somebody like, I mean, people are going to laugh, and I'm not comparing them like for like, but you look at Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, he worked hard to get where he's got to. Mm. You know, where you've got someone like Messi, where it just comes very naturally. Ronaldo had to work at that. And that's the little similarity that I see in Jack, is that he constantly works hard to improve himself, but also improve his teammates as well, because I do think that's something that we are now starting to see at Villa this season is that he's influencing the people that are around him and giving them confidence, which is what you want to see from your captain. Because um, I know some of the criticism of him is that he's not really captain material and that he only got it because he's a Villa fan and all the rest of it. But I actually think that he's really taking that on board now and really building on that, and that's that's really nice to see. But in terms of how far he can go, the sky's the limit for him. He, he, he's got all the ability in the world. It just depends on, obviously, can he keep his act together off the pitch because he's had his questionable moments? Um, can he stay professional? But, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and actually I think Jack has got to a point where he's, he's outgrown pretty much all the other English teams that he could go to. If he moved to another English team, I'd be really disappointed because our owners are very ambitious. You know, they've put a lot of money into this new contract of his to keep him here and build the team around him, convinced him to stay. That was That's massive in itself. So I'd be disappointed to see him to go to another English team, but if he wanted to have a shot at somewhere like a Real Madrid or Barcelona, I don't, I don't really honestly don't think that it's out the realms of possibility for him. He could absolutely achieve that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think so. And it, it seems crazy, really, considering where he was, say, three, four years ago uh, as a player. You know, very talented, always has been very talented, but we're never sure if he was quite applying himself and whether he'd actually make it. JT, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts about um, Dean Smith's influence on, on Jack as well. Obviously, we saw, we started to see that the, the sort of the best of Jack under, under Sherwood early on, uh, and he had some great games, especially the Liverpool semi final, but again, was, was rather inconsistent, especially in that, that second Sherwood season. And then under Bruce, after he came back injured, he came back almost a different player. But, you know, he was doing a lot of the right things, but not really necessarily getting the goals and assists that he's getting now. How important do you think Dean Smith has been in his development and, and where he is at this present time in terms of his, his development as a player? I think it's been massive, to be honest. I mean, uh, how lucky are we in the sense that we have, um, you know, one of our, our own as a captain and then also one of our own as a manager, you know. It's just like a, like a great story, to be honest, for Villa fans. But... I think he's been huge. I think um, I think Dean Smith comes across as someone who is like a friend of the of the players, and I think Jack really thrives on that. Like like you said with Sherwood, he, he, you know he he spoke really highly of him, and and some at times you know he also spoke highly of Bruce as well. But he also had a really close re relationship with both of them. So 
with Smith, I think it's huge. I think Smith trusts him, you know, uh, big time. I think he just, he gives him the opportunity to go express himself on the pitch. You know, he goes, just go out this, you know, go do what you want to do. Um, giving him the captaincy, I think. It might have been a bit of a token gesture at the beginning, but Jack's really, really showing um, his character. But, you know, he's, he's come through adversity and now he's, you know, he, um, he's really, really doing well as captain. And I think on a personal level, I think he really gets along with Smith. And I, th- I think that really, really helps him. So it has helped his game as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, the fact that he's also had to, especially this season, I think he's been allowed to stay up high at the pitch and, and be in those positions where he can create something rather than being the person who starts off the moves and coming deep. Uh, and, That's and and being you know being frustrated almost he's got good players around him McGinn Louise doing a lot of the donkey work now and that two in the middle that we tend to play quite often and then obviously Barkley who he can who can play along with as well I think it's a trust I think last season you saw Jack doing everything and everything he could I think now you see him trusting the players around him you know the, the quality of uh, the players around him has gone up like you said with Barkley coming in with Ollie Watkins coming in I think he trusts the team a little bit more without the ball and with the ball and I think you're, I think you're seeing that. I think you're seeing that on the pitch. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, Jack comes back fully fit uh, on Saturday and, and puts in another performance. Uh, loves playing against Brighton. I think he scored four goals in his last four games against them. So, you know, okay. should be should be yeah, should continue. Yeah. But JT, thanks for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. Just before you go, uh, I haven't asked you yet, but what was your what's your first ever Villa game and what's, or your first memory of a Villa game? Oh, my first Villa game. Oh, it was, uh, it was terrible. Uh, I just can't be honest. I think I was, I think it was eight or nine at the time. Uh, I remember it was February 1999. Uh, John Gregory was manager. Love John Gregory. Yeah. And I just remember my cousin saying, you know, wait, wait till you see Villa Park. Just, just wait till you step in there. And, and he was right. When I walked in, I was amazed. I was just, I, I fell in love with the place as soon as I, I walked in there. Um, so the first, my first game was Coventry at home uh, in February 1999. Shocking game. We were absolutely terrible. Just never got going apart from a one bright spell in the first half. I remember uh, we lost 4-1. So for my first game, we lost 4-1. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, it was, I remember that. As a kid, I, <laughs> yeah, no. as a kid, I was just like, you know, oh, I couldn't get any worse, really. But like the whole experience was amazing. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I remember Dion Dublin got us a, a consolation penalty. Uh, and for commentary, I think... Uh, George Boateng scored a brace. I mean, his second goal was like a, a run through our defence with a little chip at the end. Yeah, I, think I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We signed him this, the uh, year after, didn't we, I think? Yeah, <laughs> we did. Yeah, we signed him the year after. Yeah, so um, I just remember that game. I was Alan Wright was having a shocker, an absolute shocker, right? And I kept saying like every five, ten minutes to my cousin, you know, Wright's having a crap game. He's been really shit today. I remember getting told off in the car home. <laughs> my cousin goes, listen, look, we could have had an argument with the wife. He just might have, you know, not been having a good day. <laughs> I love that, that argument with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, but I just remember, yeah, I just, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I got pictures of it on my wall as well. It's just, that, that was my, uh, that was my uh, start of my affiliation with that. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I remember that game because we, I, I'm from Leamington. Uh, we'll have a fellow yeah. Leamingtonian on later on. Uh, Mark Redding. Uh, so we'll talk about Leamington later on, but there's obviously a lot of Cov fans around here, unfortunately. So and we, we, you know, we had a fairly good record against Cov. You know, we we beat them more often right. than not. We obviously signed Dublin as well from them. Yeah. Uh, I think it was that it was that season. Yeah, we signed Dublin. Um, so we had him, had him. Obviously, yeah, he scored the goal. He said, yeah. So we had him in the team. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was one of those rare moments where Coventry fans had had something to glow about against us. But uh, just before I let you go, um, can you remember? 
the ref the referee that match <laughs> this is a question oh yes yes oh no you remember yes, it oh i thought you might remember this I actually because it's a bit of a character because I, <laughs> I got the program and the program had a page on him as well um i'm pretty sure it was you're right it was you're right really probably the worst yeah. the worst <laughs> ever premier league referee i've ever seen <laughs> he was absolutely shocking he was that so day. bad he was, he was shocking every day i think nothing. he was awful <laughs> yeah I'd say so, yeah yeah but he gave us nothing that day right. um that was the first time I actually heard like grown men actually swearing so hard at her. A ref was unbelievable. It was unreal, honestly. I was <laughs> great. Thanks, JT. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, it's great to finally have you on, and yeah. uh, definitely ha- have you on again at some point. Brilliant. Oh. Honestly, uh, thank you so much, Omar. Thanks, mate. Cheers, uh, mate. Our, ne- our next guest, Jess. I'll come back to you in a second. Uh, our next guest, we've got a, we've got a doctor in the house. Uh, we've got Awab. How are you doing, Awab? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Great to finally have you on. It's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, good, to, good, good to good to finally speak. You know, we've talked on tw- we've talked on Twitter. Well, tweeted each other on Twitter quite quite a, quite a few times. So good to yeah, good to yeah. finally have you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw uh, I saw Sedan did uh, did well in international games recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I see them? Did um, I see them? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got a last minute win against Ghana. Which was, uh, <laughs> nice, good team, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, sure the yeah. Ghana Lions uh, won't be happy about that. <laughs> I'm sure they won't be. That's true. <laughs> yeah. how, uh, how have you? Uh, how have you uh, seen the season so far, then, Awab? It's uh, yeah, obviously great, great start so far. Yeah, I think we're we're doing really well, aren't we? Um, I think it's it's interesting. We're we're beating the teams that maybe we shouldn't be beating, if you like, in Leicester, uh, Liverpool, and Arsenal, and then you know disappointing results against. Leeds and Southampton but um, yeah I think we're generally doing really well the attack looks very good uh, the defence looks stable which you couldn't have said last season let's be honest uh, yeah I think I've echoed like a lot of what the guys um, uh, before me have said in that like we can definitely be pushing for top 10 I think yeah yeah no, definitely um, all, all the tools are there aren't they this season um, I mean, how, these next six games coming up are obviously some of the more easier games. Uh, I don't know if you ever can say there's easy games in the Premier League, but definitely compared to what we've had so far, how important do you think these next six games are? Obviously, there's a bit of time before the next international break so we can get a bit of a run going. Um, how, how well do you think we can do in these games? I think it is important because, like I said, we've, this season so far, we've maybe won the games that nobody expected us to win, you know, the great 7-2 against Liverpool and in the last minute against Leicester and Arsenal, and maybe not done so well against the teams that, you know, the fans probably would have thought, oh, we're going to win this one. So I think it's important to, you know, start this Saturday against Brighton, and then I think we've got West Ham, right? Uh, yeah, I think, I think yeah, so. it's important, important to, like, get these easy fixtures, if you like, in the bag, just so so we can, you know, build, build on it, and then when we do play the big boys, if you like, give them a shock as well, oh, why not? Um, Jess, um, you know, while I was there talking about uh, the the games against Brighton and West Ham and some of the easier games where we, you know, we may maybe slip up because obviously we've done well against the better teams. Do you think? Do you think our style's suited to play against the better teams who have more more of the possession and more control of the ball because we can hit them on the counter? Do you think we can play against those teams where we have to set the pace and dictate the game? Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting because we're not used to being a team that beats the big sides anymore. So to, to, for us to do that this season has, has been a surprise to all of us, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the early signs so far this season, 
is that we prefer the the opposition to have a little bit more of the ball and for us to catch them. And we're so quick going forward now that that's the one thing I've been really impressed with us this, this season is our transitional play from our defensive roles. And that, that includes the midfield to then getting the ball up quickly up to the top of the pitch. And it's not just as if we're just lumping it up the pitch, you know, and getting up there fast. It's We're playing football while doing it. So I've been really impressed with, with that side of us this season. But I actually think Brighton is a game that we'll win. Uh, that might be a curse. So don't, you know, lynch me if that doesn't happen. But I'm actually more fearful of, of the West Ham fixture. I think West Ham are a team that, will not dominate the ball quite as much as somebody like Brighton. Brighton love to have hold of the ball. They just don't shoot very often. That's been their, their story this season, which is why I think without the way we've been defending so far this season, as long as we're resolute again uh, the weekend, I don't see why we would lose that game. But yeah, West Ham is a little bit different where they won't, we might have more of the ball in that game. So it's a really good one for me and I'm going to be watching it with a lot of interest just to see whether we can pick teams off with the ball, with, you know, a lot of possession. Because last season, we, we did have a lot of possession at the early parts of the season and we wasn't getting results. So, you know, it's just how this team is evolving. And, and like you said earlier, we, we are a team that is building and evolving under Smith and we're going to have some up and down results. It, it, you know, we are a club that is building and you know, going through those transitional periods, which, you know, we've added the quality that we desperately needed uh, in the summer, which is obviously helping us get get these results. But uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what these next six games are going to hold, because I think we will really see what we can expect from Villa for the rest of the season. Um, I think, like, like you said, it's not just about the big teams. These are the nitty-gritty games that you need to be picking up points to make sure that we are going to finish where we want to be, which is around about sort of middle of the table, top 10 maybe. And that, if we can get that, that, that's a really good improvement on last season. And I think we, we'd all take that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think most fans would be more than happy with that, um, with that kind of uh, improvement from last season. Um, Jess, before we before we let you go, uh, great, great, great to have you on. Been a real pleasure to to hear your views and, and comments as well. What's your What's your thoughts on on Saturday's game? Firstly, and what's your prediction? And then, and then, lastly, what's your first ever Villa game? And what's your all first ever Villa memory of a game? I think we'll beat Brighton on the weekend. I think it'll be two nil. Um, and I say that because having watched a little bit of Brighton this season, they are hesitant to shoot. You know, they play some lovely football, it has to be said, but it's all very well and good playing that that slow building passing football, but you've got to shoot at the end of the day. And we've been so good defensively, I, I think that we'll get a result the weekend. Um, as for my first Villa game, it was September 1992 at Villa Park um, against Liverpool, which we won 4-2. And it was the famous Ronnie Rosenthal hit the bar game. That was the memory that everybody took away from that game, not the not the fact that we actually won 4-2. So that was my first game. Great, great. Well, um, <laughs> that's such a famous game, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that's your that's your first game. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, uh, that season we again a season we did quite quite well in. Uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was a big runs, big season. Really, we had a really really good side that year. 
uh, it was the laces season, you know, the, the kit with the laces. Oh, yeah, my favourite um, kit, I think. Yeah, yeah, and mine, absolutely, definitely. Um, yeah, we had a great side, and we had a really good side out that day, actually. You know, you've got your Sean Teal, McGrath, Staunton, Earl Barrett, Dean Saunders, Dalian Atkinson, they're all in there. What a team. Can can you, right, this is a question for you. I don't know if you'll get this. this is gonna, I think you're going to have to guess this one. So uh, I don't know if you get it right, but can you guess? This is something random I've just found just searching for the game. So <laughs> I didn't even expect to answer, <laughs> ask this question. Can you guess the average age of the Aston Villa starting lineup that day? Uh, you, um, get, if, you, if you get, to, if you get um, within one of, of the age, then I'll, I'll give it to you. Sorry, within two. Sorry, within two. I if you get within two, I'll give it to you. Within two. Um, I would say the average age was probably about 26. Oh, that's a, not a bad guess. It's 27.55. So it's a good, it's a good guess. It's a good guess. Well done. That's a, that's a, that's a great guess. Again, a question. I think, like Spink, I, said, I, think I think Nigel Spink got Spink. that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a, I mean that, I mean that Ron Atkinson team was fantastic, wasn't it? But a definitely aging team. Um, when Brian Little came yeah. in a few seasons later and he obviously completely changed the, the makeup. Oh, of the definitely. Team. Well, that was the reason why uh, why Atkinson left, wasn't it, really? He wanted yeah. to have an overhaul of the, of the team and he wasn't allowed to, so yeah. say la yeah. Say la Well, thanks, Jess. Thanks for your time. Absolute pleasure to, to have you on finally and uh, hopefully catch up with you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I'll stay with us for a second. I'll come back to you in a second. I'd like to bring in our, our next guest, a fellow Lemmingtonian, uh, uh, our first appearance on the podcast, we've got Mark Redding. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You're right. Excellent, mate. Good, good to have you on. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, if lock if lockdown wasn't happening, I would have got you here at my house. We could record it together. <laughs> yeah, you live yeah, that close. The personal touch. <laughs> yeah, personal touch. Uh, how have you been? Yeah, really good. Really good lockdown. Um, became a dad myself in August, so oh, hearing the the guy earlier. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's been quite quite a nice lockdown because i've been thankfully not affected with work um becoming a dad and and having a lot of football on the tv has kind of been a, a great escape from changing nappies and stuff <laughs> yeah how's the uh, how's the sleeping touch wood um it's been all right she she's uh she's great she she does a few hours during the night and uh yeah so at the moment it's going fine thank you good good is that is that your first or it, it is yeah it's the first um and myself and my wife took her to villa park when she was nine days old um <laughs> did you <laughs> yeah we did my wife is a is a huge villa fan as well she's been oh. a season ticketer for for years so yeah Fantastic. she was nine days old and um unfortunately she did the um the famous first explosive poo whilst we we're in the car park so um Hopefully she doesn't grow up thinking it's shit on the villa. <laughs> no, I'm sure she, I'm sure there's plenty of villa fans who've done the same, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, mate. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, both of you Thank villa you. fans, that's great. My wife does not care one iota about football, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I've tried to get my daughter to Villa Park. She's, uh, she's five years old now, but I took her last year because she was begging me to go. But she oh, spent about 20 minutes watching the match and my, my nephew came as well, who, who's about nine months younger than her. And they, they spend about 20 minutes watching the match and then the rest of the time watching Paw Patrol on their, on their iPad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, great, great to have you on, Mark. Uh, Thank you. Cheers. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been an interesting season so far, <laughs> to say the least. It's uh, yeah, something, something, uh, yeah. something we're, not, we're not really expected, uh, considering how high Villa are up on the table. 
Um, it's a strange one because last season I was always asked, you know, do you think you'll go down? Do you think you'll go down? And I, I always maintained that I didn't think we would. Um, the, the turning point for me because was the Man United game at home when it was the Fernandez penalty. Um, and I could see the, the way the players stuck together in, in pure disagreement um, was quite unifying to see that you actually saw that solidity of the team kind of wanting to to fight for it. And I know we lost the game, but for me, performances from there, I think we lost the game. Was it Wolves, the game after that? Um, but I, I saw a change in in the team spirit from that. And I always said to people, if we can stop up this season, I think we'll really show people what we can do next season. And, and ultimately, um, <laughs> we're showing that. I mean, for me, you know, the Liverpool game was great, the Arsenal, the Leicester, but the first game of the season for me, Sheffield United, was the change as well because that was a game last year would have drawn or lost yeah. um, easily, despite them going down to ten men. That that is the sort of game that we'd have fallen away from, and you could see them taking a re- taking a result near the end. But for me, to see that through was the driving force to go forward. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, I 100% agree with you, and I, I think. Well, you know, had we played Man City as we were supposed to on that first game that season, then I think we may be in a different position now because that first win against Sheffield United, you know, it yeah, was, it, it was, allowed us to hit the ground running, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And uh, you know, I got you know a game where I didn't expect us to to score a goal in. To be honest, it never looked like we were going to score a goal in that game. So, uh, and Konza was the man to do it. Yeah, it, he is. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I know you've you've touched upon it with other people this season, but for me, he's been my player of the season so far. Um, he just seems to have grown so much as a Premier League player. Um, and and again, going back to the game against Brighton last year, um, away there, if you remember, him and Morpé had that kind of to-do walking off the pitch. Um, and, and I think that kind of showed that he's up for it as a Villa player. Um, and, and that's certainly coming through this year. And the, the partnership he's formed with um, Mings, you know, that's that spine is fantastic. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, for me as well, I completely agree with you. Uh, it's a player we've raved about, you know, Conte's improvement's been massive uh, this season. And, and it really started, uh, you know, he played right back, uh, coming back from lockdown and was pretty solid, but then moved into into centre-back role when uh, when Courtney House got injured um, and, and has been in every presence since and has been a massive part of the reason why we, we've done so well this season defensively. Uh, and looking at our defence uh, a while, but it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on, I mean, wh- what do you make of the, the massive difference and the change in how good we are defensively? We've talked about it earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, we've talked about being much more organised and Martinez coming in. I mean, how important do you think the midfield have been in, in terms of our in terms of our defensive displays? Because obviously we were getting, there were, there were a lot of teams getting a lot of shots off against us last season and almost walking through our midfield. And how important do you think that that two two man midfielder Louise and McGinn have been in in terms of our defensive yeah, display. I think I think it probably goes back earlier to be honest, Omar. I think uh before lockdown we defensively we were a shambles. Uh remember the last game before lockdown, Leicester away and we were just we were humiliated really. And I think after lockdown we came back, uh I think we saw a great improvement in Douglas Louise, like I think a few have mentioned. And him positionally, defensively, has been very, very important in terms of his positioning. Even like when he gives away, I know he gave away a silly foul against Southampton, but I think sometimes he gives away like good fouls, if you like. 
which is also important and I think he's become a bit more streetwise to the Premier League and he's just adapted and that has helped our defence so much. I think uh, Martinez is also a very big factor. Uh, he's a very you know, calming influence behind the defence and as you guys said, Concer just has been amazing, hasn't he? Since uh, lockdown, so I think it's 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 like it's it's a range of things if you like that's come along quite nicely for us. Because um, I think before that, you know, like a, like all Villa fans would probably say, we defensively we were all over the place, and uh, since then we've really fixed up. And I think we've got we've got the best defense in the league. I think this it so far is that. I'm Definitely not sure if that's true. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Either way, one, one we, I think players. it was uh, it was Arsenal and then us, but obviously we just put three past Arsenal, so I think it is us now. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think the seven mm. goals we shipped against Southampton and uh, Leeds helped too much. Yeah, uh, and, and really, <laughs> uh, really, help, Mark. Yeah. I mean, those two games of you know people thought maybe the Liverpool game was a bit of an anomaly and and was a one off and was the out of character performance, if you like. But it seems so far the way the season's gone that actually the Leeds and Southampton games. And even the Southampton game, you know, we came back in the second half. It's pretty much the Leeds game really has been the the one to stand out as, you know, not being it consistent has, with yeah. the others. Yeah, I mean, and it's, <laughs> I, I always back Villa endlessly, no matter what I do. That's just who I am. But I think the Leeds game, it was just one of them that I just, straight away, I just didn't feel, feel like we were we were there. Um, and And for me, it was almost a bit of that, that kick up the bum that we kind of needed to realise that we can't have our own way this season. Um, and and it was, you know, allowed us to see the differences that we need to make. You know, the lead side, I mean, they've they've been quite poor since since the Villa game. Um, but, but their fitness levels are fantastic. And especially, you know, in it, it's just a shame that it was such a poor performance that we offered against them. Um, Southampton, you know, the, the, the three goals were just fantastic. Um, you know, there's nothing that we could have done as a team, you know, maybe cut out the free kick initially for the first goal and, and whatnot. And, you know, the, the Luis tackle for the, the second the second goal. But, um, yeah, it's strange. And I was speaking to somebody before and, you know, you know, we beat Liverpool, we beat Leicester. and said, oh, we'll probably go and lose to... Leeds and Southampton now and I said you know and as we lost to Southampton I said we'll probably go to Arsenal next week and get a result <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and that's just the way the season's gone um, yeah it's 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 strange but as we know you know that's the life of a Villa fan never yeah. expect the expected yeah no definitely not definitely not no that's the that's the way it goes um, and while I'm looking ahead of the looking ahead of this uh, this uh, game on Saturday against Brighton we've got a few predictions already so far what's your thoughts on the game how do you think it'll go what's your what's your score prediction um i think i think we can win uh i think like a few of the earlier guests have said about players coming back a bit tired from international duty there have been a lot of players you know who have been far distances. Jack's played three games. Tyra, uh, Mings has played three games. But I'm, I think we should have maybe too much for Brighton. I think maybe we we can win two nil. I'm going to go two nil Villa. Two nil Villa. Okay. Cool. Right. Let's hope. Let's hope you're right, mate. Awab, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Uh, great to have you <laughs> yeah. on. And, uh, hopefully, get you on again soon. Mark, uh, just before we sort of close off, close off for the night. Um, Looking ahead now, um, how how well do you think we can do this season? 
I think we could do very well. I really do. Um, keep, you know, as as always, but the, the key to it is keeping everybody fit. Um, you know, the, the stat that come out today, we've released, I think it's eight, we've played 18 players this season, which um, in any team sport, you know, you know, if you can keep keep that same kind of form and, and team going forward, it's it's key. Um, I'd, I'd like to think we can add a couple more in January to add to the squad depth just in case um, anything, you know, bad does happen to say Jack or Barkley or, or whatever. But the one thing I'm looking forward to is Wesley coming back. Um, I was always a big fan of Wesley last season and I know he's had his critics from some people, but I just felt he offered um, something completely different. And and if there is a way of, of getting Watkins and, and Wesley playing in the same team, I think it can really um, strengthen us. And I think that could what could be what kicks us on after New Year when, when Wesley's back. I know he's going to take a little while to hit the ground running. Um, but for me, I, I can say, you know, and I'm not saying it <laughs> optimistically, I'm saying it truthfully. I can see us coming top 10. Um, and, and I just see, you know, the way Jack's been these last three games for England, that's going to take us so much forward as a club. Um, you know, he's, and, and they even commented on the game yesterday that he was showing leadership skills and leadership skills for his country is fantastic. Yeah. Can only mean be fantastic for Villa. Yeah, no, definitely. He was, uh, especially when I think the second half where we got a bit, I think England players got, not lazy, but, you know, they're, they're obviously cruising in cruise control, but Jack was still trying to push and trying to set the pace for the game, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he he was he was being that man to to get us to that you know stay in fifth gear. Um, you could see one or two of the players were thinking about the fixtures this weekend, but you know Jack's so happy to be out there, rightly so, deservedly so. Um, yeah, and, and I just think he, as he should be, and as we all agree, but he really is key to where we're going to go this season. Yeah, let's hope he stays injury free as possible. And, yeah, fingers and, crossed. And I, I really do think you know we're talking about how well we do this season. I think a lot of that be predicated on the fact that if we can keep players fit then we, we will you know I think we will do well if we do lose two or three players whether they're key or you know part of the 14 15 players that we've talked about that are are probably our best players then you know then I think we're we're in a little bit of bother uh potentially yeah and potentially that, um but I I you know I think that there's that there's the there's the squad as a whole are, are a season better off as well um they know what it takes to stop up which which is you know which is important but I think I, as stupid as it sounds, but I think the five wins already are, are enough to keep us up. Um, so if if injuries were to occur, I couldn't see us getting, you know, dragged into a relegation scrap. I could see it perhaps being a a lower half of the the bottom half, you know, a fourteen to to twelve say. But I certainly think top ten if everyone does stay fit. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously we've got the January window as well to uh, with rich owners. You know, you can always try and push on. Uh, that 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 that's the you know it's always nice to look on Twitter and see who we're uh, linked with every other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if looking ahead before we before we sort of close off the show, looking ahead to the January window, if you were to to name one player or one position, what would you target in the January window? Oh, um, you know, we've said we've said a left back, um, but but for me, I, I would I would like another winger. Um, my biggest disappointment has been Al Ghazi. I really thought he'd be a different sort of player for us going up to the premiership. I thought he'd really take that step up. Um, and, you know, I know Jack's Jack's there, but Jack can cover a couple of positions. Uh, Traore, I think, I think he's fantastic, but obviously he's got to, got to prove something. Like the way Trezor's, you know, the last six months for Trezor's been brilliant. But I think if we could get a winger, 
you know of of Premiership class again. I think that's what would be um, would be great for us to, to add that depth because obviously Troy always picked up a knock now. If Jack was to pick up a knock, you know, you're left with Treads and Algarzi, and we're back to the situation last year where we, you know, we weren't that great from. Yeah, that's a really good point. Something actually I haven't thought about. Um, it's an important point as well because Algarzi, you know, again, a player that I really like, a player I really like in the Championship. And I thought, again, you know, he's got all the attributes to do well yeah. in the Premier League. You know, he's got everything about him, but it's just the application of it has, has been off. And it's a shame. It's a big shame. It is but... a shame. You know, when he scored that goal at the playoff final, you know, it. it it, it, it's it's almost been downhill from there for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it has. It really has. Uh, I think the highlight of his last season was probably his goal against Everton. Um, and I think apart from that, it was not much too else to, to shout about, unfortunately. But uh, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on, mate. It's, uh, Thank you. Thanks it's, for the invite. Uh, definitely, definitely look to have you on again. Uh, just before we, we let you go and, and close off the night, um, what's your score prediction for, for Saturday? And also, what's your first ever Villa game that you went to or remember? Uh, score prediction I think the defence will be fairly fresh so I can't see us conceding um, I can see a 2 or 3 nil win um, I don't I, I see like we've mentioned that Brighton's formation sets up to uh, in our favour um, and, and I, I can't see them scoring so 2 or 3 nil win um, my first game was uh, October 1992 it was a League Cup game against Manchester United which we won 1 nil. When was that, sorry? 1992, 1992, October. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, what, and yeah, who, do you remember who scored, who scored that game? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Dean Saunders, which then he was my first Villa hero. Yeah, yeah. And mine. Him and Dalian Atkinson. What, yeah, what fantastic. Combo. Great. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for your, thanks for your time. You're and, very uh, welcome. Thank good, you. Good to see the positivity across the board here. We've got two nil wins, three nil wins. It's, uh, it's good to see. Uh, I reckon I'm going to go for a one nil. Uh, a cautious approach. I still think we'll win the game, but I think it will be a pretty tight affair. Uh, that's what I'm going for. But but great to have all you guys on. It's been a fantastic show. Our first ever fans phoning. Uh, please do subscribe and, and follow us on, on all of those platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, every, everyone you can name. We're on there. If you're on Apple Podcast, then please do uh, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out a lot. Um, and, and apart from that, we'll be back on on Saturday evening, probably with a with a review of the lockdown loadout of the of the Brighton game with the usual crew. Um, and uh, yeah, apart from that, thank you for the guests uh, for their time and uh, up the villa. Thank you. I love it. Manu bahut changa lagda.